Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations, another episode of Fangs Up Here, and the day after the orange and green game and it was a magnificent weekend if you are a family rattler uh i am one and i thoroughly enjoyed myself all weekend long a uh, big shout out to everyone that was involved the sports information director our our athletic director the assistant athletic directors everyone on down the line was awesome my entire time there uh and i just really enjoyed myself i, I have to give credit to everyone that was there and share my appreciation. So I wanted to make sure I shouted them out. I know in the last episode, I said, we're going to try to talk a little bit about baseball and softball. And we're going to start off with them before we get into the spring game, what I saw, my interpretations. I normally have show notes, but today I'm doing it off the cuff, um, off the cuff and looking to probably do some live reactions or, uh, instant reactions after some of the games during the football season so why not practice now and be prepared and that being said the softball team swept Jackson State University and it was a much needed sweepage uh, that the softball team is looking good they have been com- being very competitive I was able to go to the Mississippi Valley State game the other week I missed the Jackson State game just because there was so much going on in relation to the orange and green game and everything like that, uh, that I missed it. But we were able to get a sweep over Jackson State. That's going to help our team out. I'm sure you've heard myself and anybody else that talks about FAMU softball say how important those games were against teams like Florida State and those other highly ranked teams, USF, where we got shut out. Uh, But those games are starting to pay off now because we're playing teams that are in the conference and we're getting victories and we are getting sweeps. And that is always a good thing, especially as a Rattler and a FAMU and fan, uh, that we need those wins, y'all. We we need to make sure that we have a strong showing in the Southwestern Athletic Conference and that we continue to show that this is a viable product and that we belong. And I truly believe that FAMU does belong within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I believe we're one of the better programs in there, both in softball and in baseball. And this weekend, showing as much in front of very good crowds. And uh, it's just something that I think is going to continue going forward. I have said this before, even when it did not look as great, that I am fully confident in the softball program. They have earned my... um, my respect but they've also earned my trust i trust the softball program and that i don't think we're going to drop some losers out there uh family is currently fourth in the swac uh as of right now if you look on the uh southwestern athletic conference website and 
That comes with wins over the teams ahead of us. Mississippi Valley State is in second. Jackson State is in third. And uh, that school, which shall not be named, is in first place. And uh, we're 8-7. and seven. Jackson State's 8-7. and seven. Valley's 8-6. And, six. and uh, she, who shall not be named, is 9-6. and six. So we, we've been competitive against all those teams. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. And I fully expect for us to continue doing good things over there. Uh, but uh, congratulations to them. Let me go over and swing over to the baseball team, though. See what I did right there. And the baseball team earns a sweep of Bethune-Cookman University. And if you're like me, you're, you're kind of annoyed with the losses to UCF. I was at that game. The drubbings by the University of Florida. The losses at Stetson, they are all kind of wear on you. But according to the SWAC uh, standings, I'm looking at a 15 and 18 roster uh, uh, standing, not roster. That's that's almost 500. That's not bad. That is really good. And those early games against really competitive teams, again, are starting to pay off. We just swept BC who. Uh, in Daytona at their house at Jackie Robinson Stadium. The game went to uh, 13 innings, and then the Rattlers break out. I believe the final score was 6-2. to two. It was a 2-2 tie for a lot of the later innings. And FAMU actually had a lead going into the game. But FAMU is currently second place in the Southwestern Athletic Conference in baseball standings. And let's look to continue that. Uh, we, we got a good pitching. I, was, I had the benefit of talking to... Uh, Brian from ONG, uh, the ONG podcast, and man, uh, shout out to them. Much respect to the brother, and he was pointing out, you know, some of the things as far as the midweek games and things like that, and how the games are played a little different, and it started making sense. Uh, one of the things he brought up was how we utilize our pitchers for those games in comparison to the conference games, and out, and uh, I was stating that that makes sense because I noticed that when I was here in Orlando at the game against UCF we rotated our pitchers a lot when I watched the games against Stetson we rotate the pitchers a lot but it seems like now that the season is progressing we are keeping pitchers in games longer uh that was his observation and I'll verify that um I'll second that motion I should say because I'm seeing the fruits of our labors because it would seem like when you're watching some of the games I I most recently kept my eyes on that Stetson game uh, that we were taking our pitchers out of the games kind of early trying to get the most out of our pitchers to see who all was going to play and uh, I don't know how much I love that strategy but if it's going to get us into the conference tournament and allow us to be in second place in the division I'm for it because that means if we're in second place in the division going into the conference tournament we're guaranteed a spot in the conference tournament one but two we stand a good chance of winning it, and that is the route to the NCAA tournament. I do know there there is a black college uh, baseball tournament as well, but we want to make the NCAA tournament, not be smirching that tournament. But you want to play where the big boys play. You want to get the opportunity to play against the Florida States, the Floridas, the Miamis. It's good attention. It's good recruiting, and we need that. We we need that. We've got new facilities all across campus, and it's it's really a great thing going on there. So. Big shout out to the baseball team. Wonderful sweep. I am ecstatic. I, if you can see me now, I, I'm smiling from ear to ear because we swept Bethune Cookman University at home at their 
uh, baseball diamond. Mentioning diamonds, the Diamondback Rattlers who play on the football field. If you missed the orange and green game, I'm going to give you that old church colloquialism. You missed a treat. It was a who's who's of recruits that were there. Be, be mindful that both FAMU and Florida State had their spring games on the same day. They were three hours apart. FAMU's was at two. Florida State's was at five. I was not able to make the Florida State podcast because I was tired uh, because it was just a variable who's who at the FAMU uh, Orange and Green game. You had five-star recruits there, the number one running back in the nation from Albany, Georgia. He is an FSU commit, but he was on campus at FAMU. You had a large amount of recruits, over 150 recruits were there and they were on the field. They were in the field house and it appears as if they had a great time when you were walking around the field uh, as a press member. The students were very respectful. Uh, Shout out to the coaches. Your students made you look good. Uh, There were some gentlemen from Rickards High School and I was able to uh, interact with them in passing. There was no kind of what are you trying to do? It was just uh, one Tallahassee person speaking to another Tallahassee person and just saying how proud I was of what Rickards has become. Uh, their principal, Mr. Doug Cook, was my shop teacher when I was in high school. Uh, I did not get to take him because my father was also a shop teacher and my dad was not playing the radio. So I didn't want to be cutting up in Mr. Cook's class and he grab a board and get on my butt because <laughs> my dad said he could. So, uh, But Mr. Doug Cook, shout out to what you're doing at Rickards. They got blue turf great facilities over there so I, I got to talk to a few students from over there got to meet uh the coach one of the coaches from Lynn Haven Mosley I am from Tallahassee so when I when I say um Lynn Haven Mosley it's not because I am trying to be uh any type of way that's just when I was in high school we never just said Mosley we always said Lynn Haven Mosley which is right there in the panhandle city of Lynn Haven which is next to Panama City so if you're not familiar uh, again, it is up in that area there. Um, overall takeaway from the spring game, it was fun. Um, again, you missed a tree if you didn't go. The orange and green game was a massive success. I, I came away having a few questions after the game. Uh, none of them relate to the defense. Uh, the defense is solid. We had people who did not play in the game and no concerns. Uh, even Coach Simmons points that out. He was pointing out in the post-game interviews how, you know, even without our best players, that he wasn't concerned uh, as far as how, how the makeup of the defense is going to look going forward and things of that nature. So, and we're, you're missing some of Isaiah Lane, uh, for instance, and I apologize for kind of fumbling over it, but Isaiah Lane did not play in that game. He was wearing a jersey and some comfortable pants, but that's it. He, he he did not dress for the game, and you didn't see a noticeable drop off in the talent level on the field. Um, everybody looked good. They, they looked like they knew what they were doing. And um, if you hear the click, and I going back to the uh, to the final score here, it was a twenty eight to ten uh, outcome. But everybody wins in these type of games. The biggest thing, uh, and I, again, I'm going to give my Shout out to ONG Strike Zone again. I had a great conversation after the game with that brother. But we both noticed the same thing. We got a quarterback controversy, Fan Mullins. Uh I'm going to I'm going to say it. And as my one of my favorite 
uh, podcaster Jalen Rose says, and I'm going to put it on wax. Uh, Musa, I was wrong about you. Musa is, in my eyes, your starter. Uh, it, the offense looks different. The coaching looks different. Uh, I, I compared him to a Ben Doherty. Just because you can see he understands the game. He understands his reads. Pre-snap reads were amazing. Just to sit field level and watch him. And I, I and I definitely will likely go back and watch the Facebook feed. Uh, but it was amazing. Pre-snap, he's shifting the coverage. If he doesn't shift the coverage, he gets rid of the ball quickly so he does not get hit. He threw a dime over the middle that was just a little overthrown. And the receiver's running full speed to catch the ball. If he catches that ball, it's a touchdown. I, I'm just saying, Musa is a different breed of quarterback that FAMU has not seen maybe in 15 or 20 years. I, I'm just being honest. I don't think um, I don't think he's a Ryan Stanley type. I, I don't think he is a, um, a lot of the quarterbacks. Albert Chester, he, he's not. He's none of those guys. He's, he's something different. And him coming to FAMU, Man, that that is a huge gift for Coach Simmons. That quarterback room is filled, though. Uh, we're gonna have some attrition there. I, I anticipate one or two guys transferring out just because they're not gonna see the field. I mean, it's it's six quarterbacks, and it's six quarterbacks too many, uh, in my personal opinion. You probably need to cut it down to four just so that there's no animosity between the gentlemen. I did talk to Rashard McKay post-game, and he made everything seem like everybody's cool and that they all work together, that they all work as a collective to really support and help each other out. And you could definitely see that they were happy for each other. There was no one fussing or complaining about coming in and out of the game. There was no griping post-game about, Coach ain't playing me, you know, nobody was yelling. It was seemed like it was a very good relationship between the coaches and the players uh, in referring to the quarterback room. But you can see the difference on the field. Moose is the dude. I'll say it again. Moose is the dude. He's got a good throwing motion, very good footwork. And I give McKay his credit. McKay even says post-game, I need to work on my footwork. And I'm like, yep, I agree. I can I can see that footwork. Got a little bit of a long throw of motion. I can tell you used to play baseball, but I like Rashawn McKay. I don't want anybody to be like, oh, you... no, no, no. I like Rashawn McKay. I like him. He is, he's got his hands on the pulse of that team. It is post game, watching him interact with his teammates. It was genuine. They, they like, they like Rashawn McKay. He is their leader. If he is not the starting quarterback, you're going to get a little bucking because they like him so much. But I think, if we're honest with ourselves as uh, fans and honest eyes, Musa is your dude. Uh, it, it just looks different. Coach Simmons was not coaching Musa at all as far as where your reads, what are you looking at? If so, it was covert and you didn't notice it as much, but it was almost unnoticeable. Whereas you do notice with Junior McKay and the other quarterbacks, there was some coaching being done. Hey, you missed this read. You're holding the ball too long. I felt like sometimes Rashad... He held the ball a little longer than he should have. And I feel like he would say the same. Again, I'm I'm never going to besmirch any of our students, uh, even if I'm frustrated with you, which I'm not. Uh, it's just an honest eyes. Honest eyes. I feel like if he goes back and watches the film, he'll see it as well. Uh, but 
very confident in our quarterback position. You that that's going to go down to the first game of the season, and I would not be surprised if things don't go great against Jackson State. Musa comes in halftime, and in in a candid conversation, like it was like, "Yo, how many games do you win with McKay, and how many games do you win with Musa?" And it's like, you have a perfect record with Musa. I'm 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 gonna take the I'm gonna let the cat out the bag. In conference, you can win every game. Moose is, Moose is that dude. He is that dude. Uh, I, I even said it, and I'll say it on wax. Moose is the best quarterback in Tallahassee. I, I, I've said it about McKay, like, oh, he might have been, because I'd never seen Moose. Yeah, after watching Moose with my own two eyes, yeah, yeah, that's the best That's the best quarterback in the city right there, y'all. He's, he, he's better than Travis. He's better than Roadmaker. He's better than... <laughs> Anybody over there in that Florida State quarterback room right now, except for that uh that freshman they got, he he that that dude looks pretty solid. That kid from uh, IMG, but other than that, yeah, 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 yeah. Best quarterback in the city, Musa, transfer from Vanderbilt. He needs to start the first game. I'm putting it on wax. I don't know if Coach Simmons is listening or not. Um, but if he is, um, it was great to get to ask you some questions post game on after the orange and green game. So that was a experience of a lifetime for me uh, as a FAMU alumni fan and lover of the university. Great experience. Moving to the running back room. The running backs look good, y'all. I want to see what happened to uh, our running back from Rickards. We, we, if you remember, we got a transfer from Georgia State University. Really good back. Uh, fast guy. And my question is, did he tear his ACL? non-contact injury he grabs his knee and he folds over i believe it was the first or second quarter there and i, I kind of looked at one of the coaches and asked him what was up and he kind of gave me the head nod like nah bruh nah bruh it ain't looking good so uh, the player was very frustrated and coats i believe is his name but um making sure i pull up the rock the roster yeah destin coats um and man, you hate it for him because he's a graduate transfer from Georgia State, local guy. Was running, he's fast, y'all. He's fast. He, he's he's fast. He he is everything that I saw on his film, um, and some just felt like he may have made a bad cut. Maybe a, his cleats got caught in the in the turf, and the turf monster got him. But his leg gave way, and he was visibly distraught uh, coming off the field to where it's like, yo, give that young man some space. He he needs it. But the other running backs look good as well. Um, I got no questions about the running backs. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think I may have said it before. We lost Bishop Bonham, but, man, we got some guys that are in there. I feel like if Coates sits out this season due to the leg injury, uh, if he can take a medical redshirt, I hope he's able to if he needs it. If he doesn't, then that's even better. But uh, it, it didn't look great as far as that knee. But the, the dude's got – he's got league potential. I don't know if it's NFL league potential, but he, he, he can make it to the league. And I think if he gets the opportunity, he'd be a great guy for special teams or something like that. Um, that's just me uh, from my eyes there. The receivers, the receivers look good. I'm tired of that bleep to bleep bubble screen. I hate it. Uh, if you've ever talked to me in person, I'll tell you uh, the, the Willie bubble screens. I hate them, um, even though I love both the Willies. It seemed like. That year we had Willie Taggart and 
Willie Simmons, they both ran that bubble screen, and I could watch Florida State or FAMU, and I could see that wide receiver screen coming. And it's like, oh, wide receiver screen, and I'm kind of waiting on a corner to jump that route and run it back. Uh, but we ran quite a bit of it, uh, especially when Junior was in there I was in the second half. I noticed that, and uh, it's not my favorite play, but I don't know how much you want to put on film as well because the Orange or Green game was broadcast on Facebook. So, to me, you may want to limit some of the plays. We did have a double pass in there. It failed miserably uh, where we threw the ball to Junior outset as a receiver and the ball uh, doesn't get to the target. But uh, receiver-wise, I don't have any concerns. They caught balls. A lot of the balls from Junior and McKay were kind of high, uh, whereas, again, Moose threw pretty balls in the catch zone catch zone for anyone who's unaware it's pretty much for a receiver you should be able to kind of either stretch your arms out slightly or move them around your body kind of in a diamond shape almost or a triangle shape is better sorry so i kind of think of in, fr- in front of your body put a triangle in front of your body and move your arms and your hands in the shape of a triangle or a half circle and that's really a receiver's catch radius and depending on how how long your arms are, that's going to determine. Family's got a couple tall receivers, though. We do have a six five receiver in there. We got some small guys as well, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think our uh, little Swiss Army knife. We did point him out, myself and uh, another uh, podcaster, uh, Leland Wilhoit. Yeah, from Nashville, Tennessee, Fort Scott Community College. Yeah. Yeah, watch out for number three. That's all I'm gonna tell you. I'm not gonna, I ain't gonna tell you all the good. Go watch it on Facebook for yourself. He's a baller, y'all. He's good though. He's good. He's running back, but he actually, to me, he played a little bit of a lot of receiver in the spring game. You can use him like a Percy Harvin uh, if you're familiar with the Gators, and unfortunately I am. But he he's a, that guy that you can put in a Swiss Army knife position. He can play receiver, running back. He can probably return kicks. I mean, the dude can do everything and sell popcorn at the same time. So I'm excited to see what that turns into. I want to see more of the tight ends, though. I felt like we underused the tight ends, um, and I wasn't the only person to say that. Um, Brian from ONG Sports uh, thing or, or ONG said the same thing uh, or shared that with me. Uh, like, hey, man, what you think about the tight ends? Like, man, I'd like to see a little more in the spring game. So, um, you know. If I wasn't supposed to say that, sorry, bro. But, um, yeah, the tight ends, we need more of that. I, I would like to see us use a little more of that throughout the season. Tight ends are always a great safety net for quarterbacks. That is the overused term that you hear, but it's very true. They're over the middle, short routes. You get three to five yards. A lot of times the physical physical mismatch, either in height, weight, or speed, because if you have a corner or a safety covering a lot of these tight ends, they're not big enough and if you have a guy that is honestly not quite as fast like a linebacker covering these tight ends especially your traditional linebackers you're going to start seeing some benefits and some opportunities that way the offensive line looked pretty solid uh considering that it is the orange and green game um i'm never going to get truly upset about blown assignments they the line could have done better protecting the quarterbacks. So that will be a, a 
place of concern. But again, because of the makeup, the orange and the green game, and the way that the guys are kind of mismatched together, I felt like that kind of lended itself towards the defense having a little bit of a better day. But that's still our second team defense, and they were eating. Like they they look good. Um, so uh, that that's the offense for me. Defense, no concerns, man. That defense looked good. The secondary looked solid. Got to see uh, some really good talent out there and uh, some guys that some of y'all are sleeping on. Like, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. Sheldon Walker was out there playing a lot of safety, and he looked fluid out there. He looked really good. Um, our, whole, our whole secondary family was good on both sides. The secondary was not really letting a lot get away from them. The defensive line looked pretty solid, too. Again, your best D linemen weren't there. You still look good. Your linebackers, even without Isaiah Land, they look good. And honestly, I did not realize Isaiah Land was not in the game until I was looking. I'm like, I looked on the sideline. I saw a dude in jersey, and I'm standing behind him like, that looks like Isaiah Land. And I'd like, that is him. I'm like, oh, okay, so he didn't play. I was like, I kept noticing I didn't see him, but we look good, y'all. Um, so it was a great time to be had. Uh, the band showed up. You missed the treat. The 100, they did what the 100 does. Even for the Orange and Green game, they sound better than 90% of bands out there. And it was a really great atmosphere. We did get to celebrate the cheerleaders. They finished third place in the cheerleading competition. But uh, long story short, I- I'm going to try to keep this pod short today i know i've been running long close to an hour for a lot of these but the big takeaways from the orange and green game are going to be uh what is the health of coats that that's going to be a concern of mine i I, i'm not going to reach out to the university to get any type of behind the scenes things like that just because i mean i'd much rather let that be organic you know let that be something that they put out not something where it's like why are you trying to push for something uh, that they may want to keep to the vest. They may want to keep that close to the vest. But what happens with Destin Coates? Uh, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Is it an ACL? Or is it just a pulled muscle? Uh, what was it? What is it with him? And how long is the rehab? Is it going to be something that he's going to come to FAMU and play next year? Or is it going to be something that he just says, hey, I'm done with football. I'm at home anyway. I'm going to graduate. Uh, it's a great opportunity, though. I mean, if Coates is a true grad student that's hitting the books, which I believe he is, and focused on a major, dude, this sucks that, you're get, that you've gotten hurt. But this could be a great opportunity to finish that degree, leave FAMU with a master's degree, and make yourself very marketable for life after football. So just an idea, just a thought, trying to find any silver lining if there is in your situation there. Um, Moreover, we did have a few injuries, uh, not a lot, but that was a major one. Saw a couple of the linemen got banged up with some, uh, one one guy, foot injuries, don't want to drop names because you you do want to keep a little, a little, a little bit of in in the closet as far as what happened because, I mean, yes, you can watch film, but, if somebody's telling you everything, then then when the Jackson State game comes up, they know where they got their information from. Um, but I do want to see how we heal up. We did get a little banged up, but it wasn't too bad. Great competition level, though. Uh, another takeaway was 
These guys are competitive with each other and they hold each other to a standard. And you could see the trash talk was there. The guys got a little bit of chips on their shoulders. It was it's a good atmosphere. And I feel like the competition is going to breed success. So I look forward to that as far as um, FAMU going forward. Um, another takeaway, the defense is solid, y'all. If you have concerns about the FAMU defense, you, mm, I'm not sure why. We're good. FAMU defense is solid. I really feel like FAMU's defense is going to sneak up on Jackson State. If, if they do lose that game, it's going to be late. I don't think Jackson State just gets out to some massive lead. I think we have some good corners that can match up against some of their taller receivers. Uh, we, we've definitely addressed our needs as far as I'm trying to find a nice way to say this, but you could tell Jackson state was the best team in the swag fam. You recruited to beat the best team in the swag. Take it for what you want it to be, but that's kind of what it is. Like looking at the roster, looking at its makeup, we are built to play Jackson state. The other teams, I feel like we can beat them. But we're built for that first game of the season to be the SWAT championship game. If you can make it to Miami, go. I went last year, and like I told you before, I don't know if I go this year, but we're built defensively to fight and play against Jackson State. And there is no question about it, not within my mind. Um, Other takeaway was the receivers are solid. We got to put the ball in their catch radius, though. Uh, we, we definitely had a lot of high passes. That is going to be bad against a team like Jackson State, where you got dudes that are hitters. And some of them boys are from Florida. And they're playing in front of mama, daddy, cousins, Peanut, Ray Ray, little pistol startup. They're, all, they're playing in front of the crew in the 305. It, you throw some high balls up there, somebody's ribs are going to get cracked. And it's going to be the whole stadium with that. Ooh, y'all know how we are. And then all of a sudden, you're going to hear folks covered their mouth, folks turning around, stamping on the feet and all that kind of stuff because we're animated people. We're an animated fan base. And that, that, that walk back to the sideline after getting cracked is no fun because not only can you not breathe, but then there's nowhere to hide because they're joking on you because you just got your clock cleaned. Uh, so we got to throw the balls in the catch radius. Um, mentioning that, though, and that this is going to be my last point for the orange and green game as far as my takeaways. We have a quarterback controversy. Um, I, I said I'd say it, and I said it. We have a quarterback controversy because we have a dude that is the leader, unquestioned leader of the locker room, and we have a quarterback that's better than him. Period. Full stop. Whatever you want to say. Musa is the best quarterback on the roster when it comes to what he showed in the spring game. Now, what he may show outside of the spring game and other things like that, I cannot tell you. I have not come to the practices. Um, depending on what the summer schedule looks like, I may see if I can inquire to be allowed to go to a practice or two. But my goodness, y'all, it is a very noticeable difference. I do listen to other podcasters, especially Bud Elliott's one of my favorite. 
He does the no cast and other things for 247. Not trying to hype him up, but I'm just being honest. And he, he does have a comment where he talks about how quarterbacks from Florida are different than quarterbacks from other states. And you can see the difference. Moose is from California, much more polished, much more polished, much more professional. He looks like your stereotypical college quarterback. The play is over. He's looking at the coach. He's not in the locker in the huddle over there trying to organize. The dudes are organized. They're doing what they're doing. He's getting the signs from the from the uh, coach. He's going back to the huddle, and he's delegating what everyone needs to do. Pre-snap, he's shifting the line. He uh, I did not see him do any hot routes that I noticed. Um, not that I'm some, like, offense aficionado, but I, I, I'm fairly comfortable with looking at an offense and being able to tell when somebody shifts the play or calls an audible. And sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. But I, I didn't see a lot of that. I did see a lot of you read the defense. It's somewhat vanilla. All right. I kind of got the basis of what this is going to be. I'm smart. I know where to put the ball. I, I didn't always see that out of the other quarterbacks. So we're going to have a controversy, y'all. And uh, it's going to be interesting because I believe this is McKay's last season. And Musa is here on a one-year deal pretty much. So you got an issue uh, as far as quarterback there. And then um, last thing before we head out, expect some attrition. Some guys are probably going to transfer out, y'all. We saw what's going on at Grambling, and a lot of guys are leaving. So expect that to be the new thing post-spring game. Some guys are going to say, I'm getting into the transfer portal. I believe we had a kicker uh, get into the transfer portal not too long ago, and our favorite kicker played a joke on us, uh, saying that he, he was entering and then April Fool's. Uh, joke um, <laughs> really letting us know that he's staying at fam he's fully committed um, but you got us good bro um, and that's it for the orange and green game great atmosphere I will say as a fam fan I'm excited to see what the rest of Bragg looks like I was able to sit in the east stands before the game I went down and got my media credentials and everything else but I, I did I paid to get in. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to act like I didn't pay. I paid I paid to get into the game like everybody else. Uh, but then I wanted that experience of walking into the stadium because I had not walked into Bragg Stadium in a few years myself, uh, largely going to the classics or games like that. And, uh, man, it just brought back so many memories. It was salty behind Rattler Dogs. Uh, but it was awesome. And it was my first time truly on the new field turf. And the field turf is nice, y'all. Uh, shout out to Coach and the athletic director and what they're doing there. FAMU's going to have some really nice facilities, y'all. Um, the, the field house has been renovated, and it would be great if we could just get a new stadium going or just do some more renovations to potentially add to the field house, add to the locker rooms. I, I would love to see, like, a uh, a meeting space, like, meeting rooms added to the field house and we just renovate the field house completely like just start over with a whole new field house with meeting rooms and something where you can turn the meeting rooms into spaces for people to watch games and stuff like that but Bragg Stadium is looking really nice the softball complex is much improved from when I was in college uh it you know we we got a, it seems like we got a few more bleachers the field is phenomenal the batting cages are really nice over there 
The baseball field is really good. Uh, batting cages are nice there. Went by the Lawson Center. I did not go in. Uh, haven't been in Lawson Center in a while, but the insides haven't changed much. It's top-notch facility for the conference. And, um, man, FAMU's really investing in the program, and it's good to see. It is something that that is going to continue to be what is going to allow FAMU to separate itself. And uh, we got to do something with our athletic director, though. Uh, before I before I head out, we got to do something with Gauthier. Either offer him a contract or let him go. And um, if you like the man or not, is indifferent. But under his leadership, things have changed for the better. Like, like let's keep it a buck. Stadium wasn't that nice when he left, when he got there. It was all right, but it wasn't that. And I ain't going to say it was all right. The place was about to get condemned. <laughs> like, it wasn't even all right. The stadium was, from our standpoint as a fan, you're like, oh, it's brag. And he comes there and it's like, yo, we got to fix this. <laughs> and the stadium is being renovated, whole new press box. So um, you're getting, you got essentially a new stadium. The baseball fields were not that nice. Uh, new baseball fields, new softball field, basketball upgrades, upgrades to the softball facilities, uh, upgrades to the um, to the volleyball facilities. I mean, it's it goes on and on. And when you're looking at the upgrades being made, the building champions program is really taking on a life of its own. Um, I mean, we got to work on getting our tickets on time. Some people say they're waiting on tickets, but the program's better. It's a lot better. And to be so short-sighted as to not see that, hey, this guy's doing something, we we need to find a way to offer him his contract. Give him some money so that he can keep this going because we, we need somebody that is going to do this. He's working on NIL deals. Let's keep it a buck, y'all. NIL is going to be the difference between the winners and losers. The schools that can't get NIL deals are going to suck. We, You got Grambling over there where almost every student is getting an NIL deal. I mean, after they get a little attrition, NIL is going to bring the money in, and it's going to bring the players in. Jackson State's going to do something similar. Until Dion's gone, they're going to bring in people with NIL deals. FAMU has to be on the forefront of this. FAMU has to be a school that is able to utilize NIL money to draw players and talent because we are competing against Florida State. We are competing against Florida. We are competing against Miami, USF, and UCF, and we can't compete the same way they can. I mean, we just can't. State legislature is keeping our enrollment down to a certain level. Some of it's for a good reason. But at the same point, as long as FAMU's got eight, 9,000 students, it's going to be hard for us to generate those additional re- revenues because we can't compete when other schools are pumping out twenty and 30,000 a year. That being said, we have to find a way to get this NIL deal stuff working for the benefit of our players so that when they're at FAMU, they have a deal. They have something that entices them to come here and to uh, play for FAMU. Because at a certain point in time, Travis Hunter doesn't go to Jackson State if the money ain't right. It's something more than the culture. The money was right, too. If you listen to the people in the know, they they they, they, shed, they shed that light. So FAMU's got to be able to do the same. 
maybe not at that same clip, but be able to offer something because if we're able to go to the, the celebration bowl and the playoffs, the celebration bowl is about a million dollars. That's a nice little bump in our athletic budget every year. And we all know FAMU and show up. I would say win, lose, or draw, but it ain't quite true. I've been to, I've been at FAMU when we were losing. Bragg wasn't packed. But I've been at FAMU when we were winning. You couldn't get a ticket. So I, I feel like if we keep this up, homecoming is going to be what it's going to be. They are releasing the season tickets uh, in the next week or so. Get your freaking tickets. Like If you're trying to go to homecoming and you're going to get mad about the price gouging, they're going to gouge you on the ticket prices because it's an event. You're going homecoming to be seen. They're going to they're going to price gouge you on the tickets. They're going to price gouge you on the hotels. We already see that $1000 for crappy hotels. $400 for the Red Roof Inn. Like what the heck? Like gas ain't going to be terrible, but it's going to be what it's going to be. The city's going to be packed and everybody's going to have fun in doing that. But get your season tickets. Because for the price of season tickets, it's probably what you're going to pay to get into the game if you're going to the game. So um, that being said, though, um, if you're not following the FQ FAMU Twitter page, what are you doing? Please do that. Uh, I got a little song I want to play, but I got to find a clean version of it uh, because FAMU is just different. Shout out Jay Lyric. Uh, FAMU, when I tell you about it, she's different. And um, I really mean that, y'all. FAMU is a different place. I talked to a fam you and when I was in Atlanta last week and he was stating, man, I hadn't been up there since almost 10 years. I said, dude, it doesn't look the same. Fam, you doesn't look close to the same. It's new buildings. Some buildings are gone, but it is a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful place. And some of the most beautiful people you'll ever see attend Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University or have graduated from it. So, um, that being said, shout out to everybody who was able to help me out this past weekend, the athletic department. I'm, I, I respect you and I appreciate you. Um, sister Floyd, I appreciate you thinking it not robbery to take a picture with Marquise Bell, Marquise Bell. Likewise, thank y'all for stopping out of your time to take a picture. I know it's kind of windy and that ain't the most professional thing to do, but it, at the same point, I appreciate you stopping and, um, letting me get a, a quick picture and um, I, I definitely look forward to seeing you guys' success. Uh, Savion Williams, thank you so much. Savion took a picture. I said, hey, man, can we get can I, can I get a picture of you? And the brother grabs me and said, hey, you take this picture and has somebody take a picture with me in it. So um, I, I was glowing uh, at that moment because I, I was greatly appreciated, appreciative. I wasn't even trying to be in the picture. I just wanted to get a picture of our, one of our Rattlers that is hopefully going to the NFL to do great things, but I was included in the picture and I'm, and I'm, I'm the better person for it. I, I definitely appreciated it. Uh, shout out to coach Two bless y'all know if you, if you're not on, if you're a family and you're on Twitter, you're not following him. You're, you're crazy. That dude is dropping heat all the time and uh, sharing the good word about fam. You and trying to get some recruits out there. Shout out to all the people that are also, with the recruiting staffs man, and the high school coaches, it was great to meet uh, y'all. And hopefully I'll get to meet some more of y'all and we can actually do a little something going forward. So all that being said, y'all, that is the orange and green game post game podcast, as well as 
my spiel on uh, what is going on with our sweeping of both Jackson State in softball and BC who in baseball. Um, As y'all know, it's always going to be fangs up. Thank y'all for listening.